Attention all units, please stand by to copy a bolo. Bolo from Anytown PD regarding a delayed homicide. The incident occurred at 123 Any Street, Anytown, USA. No suspect or vehicle description provided. All units are requested to respond to helpsolvethecase.com for briefing. Clear Bolo, 0818 hours. All right, we are ready to go. And this is the Help Solve the Case bullpen session for our virtual investigators. And uh, we have a family member here. Uh, so, you know, of course, she's going to be uh, an investigator for all intents and purposes. Today is April 14th, uh, 2021. And I'm here with uh, Lenora, who is our cold case specialist on the Robert Fisher case. And we are here with Melanie, who is the mom of Ryan Lee, who is one of the cases that we're going to talk about. And before we begin, um, just you guys know this is being recorded. We're going to put it out as part of the podcast. And if you guys that are listening, you guys and gals who are listening, want to join us as a virtual investigator and attend the bullpens live, we would love to have you because it's better to have eyes and ears Uh, more so than just us, because people think of things that we, um, you know, we may be too close to it or whatever, you never know. So please reach out, go to the helpsolvethecase.com website and fill out the forms so I can send you the notice for the meetings and also follow the Facebook page. And um, yeah, so before we begin, we kind of had a, a, a busy week last week, Lenora, um, I, I don't know if you want to talk about it or, or, or whatever. You made some good posts on the Facebook page for our Robert Fisher case. Unfortunately, uh, this, what, this past weekend was, it makes me depressed talking about it, the 20th anniversary of the, the crimes. And it was really great that, uh, what was it? Fo- was it, I think it was Fox Phoenix and ABC 15 did, um, interviews with me talking about the case and the efforts that we've had and the newspapers uh, did quite a bit of extensive coverage on it, um, which on a good note, we we have received some tips, which, which I've forwarded over to the Scottsdale Police Department. They have not acknowledged those. So I was discussing about maybe forwarding also to the FBI, uh, but we still have s- some concerns about whether it's, um, I don't know, interstate or intrastate, whatever it is, which when we had talked about former FBI agent uh, McVeigh on the podcast, on the Robert Fisher podcast, he said they they can only get involved in certain areas. So we weren't really sure of that, but I'll probably send them over there. And you found some great articles and some coverage. Lenora, do you want to talk about that at all? I mean, it's it's your case. Let me not steal your thunder, but <laughs> no, no, it's 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 our case. Yeah, uh, yeah, we had some our newspaper here in Phoenix, the Arizona Republic, had uh, several uh, front page uh, coverage stories about the Robert Fisher case, just to bring awareness to the case over the weekend, you know, just around the few days around the, um, the anniversary date of the crimes. Uh, They made 
uh, several Facebook posts. There was lots of videos on their both their websites. There was lot you know coverage on the TV stations about the case. So I think it was that you, I don't think uh, there was anybody that probably missed the fact that it was the uh, Robert Fisher anniversary of you know the house burning down and and the family being murdered. So I think it it was great publicity, and I think. Uh, it's all because of help solve the case. I think we <laughs> really pushed it out there and kept, you know, posting on uh, social media and pushing it out and writing and, and putting it back into people's attention. So I think we did a great job getting it out there in the media for the anniversary. Well, that's, yeah, that's good because I think that's what we've wanted from the beginning is getting the attention to it. Uh, fortunately, it's, it's just so sad that it's 20 years um, but you know, justice, what is it? Justice never sleeps or however that goes. Um, so very, so very excited about that. Uh, I think I posted on the Facebook page for the Scott Madden case. Uh, we were working on that, but it looks like the Washoe County Sheriff's office, uh, has assigned a new person to it. That, that was kind of maybe three or four weeks ago. I reached out to them of course, no acknowledgement, but I talked to Scott's dad and the sheriff's office is, is getting some new information from Google. Uh, so what it is, we, we were going to uh, retain um, privately uh, a cellular forensics expert, but the sheriff's office uh, is going to do something so they can look at the individual phone, but then uh, Big Brother, if you listen to Lenora, I don't know if you've had a chance or Melanie, you've, you've had a, a chance. I've been interviewing some experts and and uh, I, I did one with the VMAR expert about what your, what your car knows about you. And so Google knows a whole lot. And so with the particular tower situation, they not only collect uh, what would be Scott's information, but they collect all the other phones information in the area. Okay. Big brother is always watching. And so hopefully maybe we'll get some, some good information from that. So we've got our fingers crossed. So we're kind of on hold on that. And with Alexis, Alexis Edwards, no news from uh, her mother. And so we're just here as a resource. If they decide they want to move forward with something else, I know that, that she was looking at some particular avenues and different things that we had discussed them and um, we'll leave it at that. And then on uh, Rashad uh, with he, uh, his father, Daniel, where we've got our fingers crossed for the, I believe it was the governor, wasn't it? The governor for the clemency or whatever is going on on that ending the parole. So, so here we are, unfortunately, with another case, fortunately, um, maybe we'll be able to help. So so Melanie, uh, we're yeah. here to talk about today, mostly about Ryan's case and, and thank you for going over it a little bit in the, uh, in the podcast, that'll be up pretty soon on the podcast, um, okay. site. And basically we have the, the horrible situation of your son, Ryan, uh, last November, which the police, you know, and jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, which the police are labeling a suicide. And based on the investigation, I'll just say that doesn't sit right with you. 
And we got a lot of questions, kind of what we talked about on the podcast, that no matter what it is, you, I feel, and this is my opinion, um, as a, as a parent, uh, you want to have your questions answered. You need to be comfortable with whatever, whatever it is, uh, so that you have all your questions answered and you definitely don't have all your question answered questions answered. Is that correct? That's true. That is correct. Okay. Um, so what I did is I went through and I, you had given us the, the very slim police report, uh, for a death investigation. Again, this is my opinion. And Mm -hmm. the medical examiner's report. And I know you had some, some questions about just the way the investigation, I'll leave it at that for right now, just the way the, the investigation was conducted. And the, so the first thing that I'll say in, in looking at this is um, it seemed as we were talking and, and just hearing the general circumstances, it was uh, very suspicious to me. And then the, the only question um, is the, so it was involving a, a knife. And, and then we have the hesitation marks, which Melanie, I said to you, that is usually, and again, I'm relying on my training, that is usually indicative or can be indicative of, of a suicide. It's, it's um, sometimes you can see that in some type of defensive or whatever Uh, they were on the, they appear to be on the neck. We don't have any pictures or whatever. We just have the report of that. And so that would be something, I don't want to say we have to overcome it, but how do we account for that? Right. We're, we're not going to, we're not going to get the tunnel vision. And, and, and like I always say, we're going to leave all options open and we're just going to cross things off the list. And so for those, for those that are listening, basically um, Ryan and his partner, they were driving in a tractor trailer and they had stopped at a rest stop and uh, apparently reportedly Ryan was exhibiting some some strange behavior and they were taking a break and Ryan wandered off and later when they went to look for him, he was found deceased with a knife in the area. And then they conducted their investigation and we're not we're not satisfied, right? You're, you're not satisfied, Melanie. You've got some answers, right? Or some questions. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need some answers. Right. So, so some of the things that um, we've got the, the knife position, we've got just, just weird stuff of, I don't want to get too many into too many details about, um, kind of rehashing what happened because I've got a lot of questions. Um, and Lenora, feel free to chime in and, and Melanie. Um, so let me see how many questions I've got. And then what we're going to do, because this is the bullpen, I've got, I don't know how many questions. I've got about 30, 30 questions. I'm not sure. Maybe there's 50 questions, but, but this okay. is what we want. And then basically we kind of talk about what do we want to look at? Cause we want to cross things off and we assign uh, 
we assign duties and then we come back and we report in on what we found and, you know, do we need to continue further? So, so if you don't mind, Melanie, I'm just going to go through my questions and you guys chime in. Um, if, if you, if you know something, I'm just going to talk about some of these are just for my, for my investigation. Right. So, so if I was investigating this as the police or as I am now, I would want to know if a background was done on, and we're going to not necessarily say names of the other parties. Right. Um, because whatever, um, the, the other party in the vehicle, um, I'm not aware it's not mentioned unless I missed it, that a background was done on that person. And so that I think should be one of the first things. Uh, are okay. you aware, Melanie, of a background being done on the person? No, they did not tell me um, if a background was done on him. Uh, if you're meaning his history prior to working for the company. Um, yeah, I just want a background. I mean, I'm when right. I go out with someone, you know, kind of, kind of like, unfortunately, we've seen on the news, you, you pull someone over for a traffic stop or whatever, you're going to run a warrants check, you're going to see what their criminal history is, anything like that. Um, I would hope I would hope I'm sorry, I'm laughing, I shouldn't be laughing. But I would hope that in something like this, they they would have done a background. It's just not mentioned. So no, so no, they didn't. I think we're going to assign that to me, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going, yes. spreadsheet. Okay. I'm typing in the spreadsheet. And then okay. a next question that I have is just the, the officers. It looks like, um, and maybe uh, Melanie, you can chime in on this. I've, I've got a, a Wable. I don't know how to pronounce it versus a bar. It looks like one mm-hmm. might, might have been an initial patrol officer versus a detective. Do you, do you have mm-hmm. any information on that? Yes. Uh, the bar, the detective. Okay. And, and Wable yeah. was on the scene. I, I believe you're right about that. I just only been dealing with a bar. Okay. So I'm just going to put my name there because that's just something that I look at like it sounds terrible, but competency and skills and why is who doing who, whom, whatever, why are they doing whatever they're doing? Um, Mm -hmm. And Melanie, we had talked about this, about getting the knife tested. And and I, it was kind of weird. I came up with another kind of disturbing thought Um, further down. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to give you guys, for those that are listening, I'm going to give you some suspense. Uh, but it was very interesting as I worked my way through this and I was like, oh boy, so we'll see. But my, my next mm-hmm. question is, which Melanie, you had raised, can we get the knife tested? And mm-hmm. the, the reason for this, you know, there can be a lot of questions about um, why would you do it? Why would we need to do it? Uh, is, is the story or the, I don't want to say story because that sounds, it, it are the I don't even want to say facts, but as the, is the information oh. as related to them, uh, you know, so beyond suspect that there's no need to do it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously in a situation, well, I can't even say obviously, but usually in a situation um, 
where there's a dead person and a knife and other individuals involved, uh, that may be something that you would want to consider. So Melanie, I think you had mentioned that uh, they still retained the knife. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, but this is kind of jumping the gun. Tell me if I am jumping the gun, Christine. What I was concerned about, the detective told me he didn't need to fingerprint the knife because he could just tell by the way the body was positioned that he did it to himself. So in my mind's eye, I'm thinking even if I got the knife, it probably was wiped clean because they, he, they say he stabbed himself in the heart, but yet the knife was laying like thrown to the side. Yeah. So he stabbed himself, what, four or six times in the neck, and then that wasn't good enough. So then he stabbed himself in the heart. So you mean he had the strength to pull the knife out of the heart and throw it over? I thought once you stab yourself in the heart, you're gone. Well, um, we'll talk about that. And, and I we're only doing audio. I was hoping that we could do video because I did pull some, I did pull some articles and some I don't know what we'll call it, documentation about this, which we can, maybe we'll go over that at the next one. But um, that is a question, but, but, you know, right, right now, I mean, yeah, I was like, how did he pull that out? You know, and throw it to the side. And, and then I'm gonna say this, because I forgot to tell you right quick, when my cousin called and spoke to the detective, that's what he told him that he Found, found the knife laying to the side. My cousin asked the same question. But yet he had told me that they turned him over and the knife was sticking out. Then when my cousin called, it was a whole different story. The knife was laying to the side. So I don't know. I didn't look at the pictures. I didn't have the, the strength to look at the pictures. But, you know, was he laying up? The crime scene pictures, which I'm going to send you, and I'm sorry I haven't uploaded them. You know, i got to learn how to do all this stuff. Um, okay. Well, he yeah. was laying up. Yeah. Well, let's just, let's just stop right there because we're going, you know, let's just talk about the knife. So that's important. Um, my next question was, do we have photos? And Yes, um, we do. Okay. I, I wasn't aware that we had gotten that yet. So I'm going to put uh, your name. Uh, in there, okay. Melanie, for that, and also for the knife being tested, because at this point, you're the, I don't know if you'd be considered the victim, or you're the victim's advocate, and so the requests would come from you, so we'll talk about oh. that, we'll talk about yeah, we'll that, we'll have to talk about that, <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that further, um, my next question is, um, who does the knife who does the knife belong to? Because as I was reading this, and again, we're not, um, I see Lenore shaking her head. We're not, I, I want to say, you know, we don't want to make assumptions, but, but we've got some, some training here or whatever, you know, God knows we've all seen it on TV, but we just want to examine everything. And, and when I was, when I was, reading this again, I'm thinking the description sounds like a big old steak knife. Um, and I don't know if I wrote it further in there, but 
again, I'm just throwing this out there and I'm, and I'm talking and we've got it recorded to go, to go back and listen to, because sometimes my mind, I'll have 8,000 things and it's good to get it down somewhere. Cause I'll, I'll forget, but mm-hmm. I know there was a mention that he went into the store and, and for some reason, and again, this might be my intuition or whatever. I'm like, that sounds like a big old steak knife. Did he go into the, the store and ask to borrow a knife? Where did the knife come from? That was my first question. And then later uh, in the report, they were saying that the sheath uh, was under him and the knife sounds like it was quite a bit away. Uh, but yet at the same time, and these are open-ended, um, uh, the, the other, his companion, the other driver said that when he left, when Ryan left the truck, he didn't have anything. And it sounds like it would be a big enough knife. And and again, we don't know what it looks like that they would have seen it. Okay. So, um, so that was the question, where does the knife belong to? And if they're not willing to test it, maybe we can get it tested ourselves. Okay. So do you think Christine, they wiped it clean by now? Because every time I call and request something, I can hear, I can detect a little bit of irritation with me asking for the the pictures, ask for his wallet, I ask for his watch and his jewelry. And every time I call, I get a little bit, I I just feel the difference than at first. And so I was thinking maybe they had wiped the knife already clean. Well... I would hope that nobody would be wiping anything clean. Uh, But I will tell you, um, and especially what I've seen in other cases in the um, Scott Madden case, which I did a podcast, one of the episodes, uh, how much is enough and in, in dealing with the grieving relative and everything that, um, they've made their decision based on right or wrong or otherwise, and you're questioning them, which is sometimes the same response that I get when I ask questions. And so for whatever reason, I'm not theorizing, but I've had that happen before. It's happened to me. It's happened to other relatives. Um, You know, imagine if, if, somebody, and I'm just assuming here, imagine if somebody is calling every day and questioning how you're doing your job. All right. So, so that is why they've made their determination. And every time you ask something, whatever. So, so somehow we have to overcome that either they're going, they're going to fulfill whatever they're going to fulfill. And if they don't, then we're going to figure out how we need to get the question answered, whether it's going to an outside expert or something like that. So um, the, 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 the reaction that you feel that you're feeling could be accurate, right? We, we just don't know. Um, and that's unfortunate. Uh, I've been very, I'm sorry. I've been trying to be very um, diplomatic about it. So I, I'm not, when I requested the crime scene photos, I just said I wanted them. I didn't say why I wanted them. I didn't say, oh, I need closure and I need this and I need that. I just said, um, I'd like the crime scene photos, please. Right. And, but, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, Melanie, most most people, 
just say, okay. And they don't question. Well, I don't want to say most people, but uh, I mean, there's all kinds that we could get into all kinds of psychological and emotional and whatever theories here, but um, most people don't know that they can ask. So we don't know what we're dealing with. Right. So you, you, right. we'll, we'll just have to see how we're going to deal with that. Okay. But, but as far as wiping it clean, they shouldn't have been wiping nothing. Um, no matter what uh, they said, they didn't test it. So, you know, I, I'm, I would like to see talking about photos. I want to see the body worn camera too, because I want to see how did they, yeah. how did they preserve it? What did they do with it? Right. So, Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, so my next question, and I apologize, I've got a lot. Um, th- there was mention of his wallet and d- did they return that to you? Yes, I got his wallet, um, but uh, not his jewelry. Okay. And so I don't have a particular question of that. Um, Melanie, if you want to make note of that. So we, from, if, I remember correctly, we've got missing valuables. Right. Okay. So if you can just make a note of that, that did you ask, I think they, yeah. they said that there were no valuables, correct? Right. And that's when I said, well, he has a bracelet he never takes off. It was like an engagement bracelet that he and his fiance exchanged before um, getting the ring. And he always wore his watch, but his bracelet, he never took off. Okay. And so I asked for the bracelet and the watch. And they said, oh, he had jewelry. And I said, yes. And they said, well, let's look at the crime scene pictures. He said, well, I don't see any here. I said, well, does that tell you that just maybe the wounds are defensive wounds? You know, you're, you're fighting and you're, you're raising it, you know. Well, I mean, we'll, I don't we'll know. talk about the defensive wounds. And like I said, you may not like where I'm going towards the end of this, but uh, I'm just throwing this out there because I don't know how that would go in talking with his girlfriend or whatever. But um, I mean, because I'm thinking he could have pawned it for whatever. He could have sold it for whatever. But no, okay, no, she saw him on, on uh, the Sunday before he drove back to the terminal to take his truck and he had these things on. Okay. Well, we're not ruling anything out, right? We're going to keep an open mind uh-huh. and theoretically he could have pawned them or sold them or did something with them an hour before he got in the truck. Right. Okay. Right. All right. Open mind. That's all I'm saying. Right? <laughs> we, we, okay. we don't know. Uh, so, um, but I'm thinking, do you have the ability to make a stolen um, property, uh, you know, like an incident report for the missing jewelry? Who would I make that to? Just make, just go to any police station or how do I do that? Well, we got to talk. We'll put that on your list and we'll talk about that further. Okay. But, okay. But right. Cause then they're not going to investigate it unless they've got a potential crime. Right. So we'll talk about that. Um, then, um, and again, like I said, we've got a lot of stuff here. The, I, I had a question that it looks like the report was written on December 10th. And so um, it's kind of a, I guess, a rhetorical question. Well, not a rhetorical question, but I don't, I don't necessarily need to answer. I mean, they would answer this, but, you know, why was it written so late? 
Uh, I know, Melanie, you mentioned the Thanksgiving holiday and stuff like that. But when you write a report that is not what's called contemporaneous with whatever happened, um, information can get a little haywire. So that's just a question I had. So I'm going to put my, you know, if I was able to talk to the officers, that would be a question that I would want answered. Um, so, and, and we talked about this a little bit, um, Melanie, and I'm a little confused that the report doesn't answer it for me. Because uh, it, it, you told me that they had, I mean, it, this is kind of all one thing. Well, you know what, let me, let me put it this way. Uh, one of the things I'd like you to do, Melanie, is do a timeline because um, we had talked about before in the podcast that uh, the other party waited so late to make the report mm -hmm. and then the time with the police it's just it just seems like a very long period of time and I'd like to match some stuff up so before we go over that question if you can kind of put a little timeline together uh, for me that would be great um, so we're going to skip over that because that's like a bigger issue. timeline as to everything um, that's happened so um, noting the dates in the, the dates and times in the report, like the call came in, um, you last talked to him, just, just as much as you can noting down and we can work on it outside of the bullpen. Um, but, um, cause like I said, I've got a lot of stuff to cover, but basically just okay. no, cause we want to note the times. So when you have it in the timeline, the discrepancies are very, um, more apparent. Okay. So okay. I have some questions on the timeline, but I think it, once we have the timeline completed, I'll be able to answer those a little better or have a gap. So that would be helpful. Okay. Um, uh, Lenora did a really great job of that in, in uh, uh, Robert's case. So um, um, I just have a note here about no diagram. Uh, you know, I'm old school. <laughs> Usually you got a little sketch or something, but now, the body cam, I guess, is pretty prevalent, so you don't need to document any of that. So hopefully that covers all that. Um, my next note here is about the canvas of truck drivers. And in the report, uh, they mentioned that, which it seems very late in the evening, that it was dark and that, you know, forgive me, I don't have it top of mind, but one of them, maybe it's DPS, somebody, one of them, was talking to some of the truckers, but they had just pulled in there for the night and um, nobody knew anything, but uh, there's a way uh, to have this that I, I have a note down here, canvas the truck drivers by receipts, et cetera. So I believe if they truly wanted that information, the police department, they would, there's resources to get that. So we, we need to keep that in the back of our mind. If we want to do that ourselves, um, how we need to go about getting that information. Um, and then I don't know if this is answered, Melanie, but I have a question of why, if, if all this, um, let's just say potential emotional instability, instability, whatever was going on, uh, Ryan was acting weird or whatever. Uh, and, and he walked off. Why did his, his, partner I'll use partner but that's you know the other driver uh mm -hmm. is there any reference as to why he didn't go and look for him 
No, that's our, that, that's the magic question. Um, because that is not protocol for them as team being team drivers. You, you always look out, you got the buddy system well, and you know, we, we don't know. Person. I mean, e- even if, you know, we're traveling together and we have a little tiff and, and you go off and I, it, it's just, it's just very strange because Again, the way the report is, that's why I wanted to show some 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 diagrams and different things, because some were saying north and then some were saying northwest and then somebody was looking in a park, which would be way off. I, I really want to see the photos because it just seems that Ryan was very close. And so um, let's just say and this is just my supposition here, but you're having a fight with somebody and they walk off and you're like, whatever, go cool down, whatever you see them walking off. And even if you're in a fight, they don't come back. You know, what do you look out the window and, and you see the person stomping their feet or the person disappears? Why don't you do something? But especially if Ryan was in such a, such a state, I, I just, I want that for me, I want that question answered. Like, did anybody ask him that question? It doesn't sound like they asked the other driver that question. So I wanted to make sure you didn't have the answer. They didn't. Okay. They didn't. Okay. And then my next question was, why did other earlier officers not look for him? And again, it's just um, because I do look at the officer conduct, like the way that they investigated. And like I said, it's a little unclear. So when we have the timeline, that'll answer that better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a reference about um, checking his eyes and then rolling him over. So the, the positional stuff was just strange. Um, again, I'll, I'll defer to the photos, um, but I have that on my list. Uh, it also talks about a hoodie and the only reference that I saw was a t-shirt. Um, nothing about the hoodie did Lenore shaking her head. Did, uh, did you get a hoodie back in his mm-hmm. property? Yes, I did. So, so that was the hoodie. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It could have been, um, it came in his suitcase with all of his stuff. Okay. So, okay. yeah. So I don't know. It's just a lot of questions. I just don't know, but I do have a hoodie. I don't know if that's the one. Um, okay. So that's a question I have. Um, I have some questions about uh, the, what time the medics were called uh, that the timeline and the photos maybe will help with that. Um I have a question here about uh, why did Detective Barr have to tell Wable to interview the reporting party? Um, that's just like a police question. Um, I ask about the body cam footage. I guess there's body cam footage and audio of the interview with the driving partner. I don't know whether they'll release that to you. Um, no, probably not. Did you ask for the body cam footage or you just asked for the photos? I asked for the photos. I didn't ask for the body cam footage. Truthfully, um, my son just reminded me of that, or you did, I think, what, last week? Or but my son brought up, this, my other son brought up the same question. I didn't think about that. Um, okay. So I was asking <laughs> about the body-worn camera because 
uh, it's a lot easier to read people's in addition to the audio portion, um, you know, hearing what they say, you can see body language because body language conveys a lot. Um, and, and Melanie, I'll put your name down for that. Um, I have to request that the body well, worn camera. Well, we're not going to request that yet, but that would be very helpful. Okay. okay. And I'm, I'm unfortunately assigning that to you because, because you're the person that has standing to ask for that. I know you don't necessarily want to see it. I don't think they're going to give it to us, but it's a piece of potential evidence that's there. Right. So we want to preserve it. So, so we'll just, we'll just put that note down and we'll keep going. Um, in reference to the root, I was very confused in the report because they kept talking about, uh, I think it was westbound, but it was my understanding they were originating from California. Is that, do you know, Melanie? Yes. Yes, they were. So, so this happened, and again, the timeline will help, but this happened on the 24th. Did, did they did they go eastbound or I don't know, Lenore, do you know um, what I'm saying? Like it, it was talking about they were headed westbound, but I felt they should be headed eastbound. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause California to wherever their destination was would be eastbound. Yeah. When did they leave California? Do you know, Melanie? Um, it was Monday, Monday. They left, he went back, he left Sunday going to Riverside. And they left, I believe it was Monday. Now, they may have had, I have to retract, they may have had a load that I'm not aware of that they had to drop off first somewhere else. But they were so, headed um, eastbound. Mm-hmm. So everything so says they, westbound. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they if the if the dispatcher sent them somewhere else when they left Riverside and then they were coming back around. I don't know. Well, they could okay. have had a little load. Well, it's something to consider because for a number of reasons, um, we've got the commentary in there about um, Ryan being tired. Right. So if he was so tired you know, would he have accepted this trip or did he experience the tiredness during the trip? Now with a, with a, a, a team driver, right. I drive myself, right. I, I drive around for help solve the case. I can, I can go all day. Right. So we don't really know where they were going, which I think is important because again, one of the things we have to do is confirm the story concern, confirm that I don't want to say story, uh, confirm the version by different people. And one of the problems that I have in this is confirming the version of events by the parties that were present. And do we have a problem with the police officer? So where is the issue? So if they were in fact eastbound and everything says westbound, do we have an error in the way, uh, you know, I already mentioned the time that the report was completed, the delay which is almost, uh, I don't know, a week or two. And then we've got the direction going the wrong way. That, that makes me question the competence of, of the investigator, um, unfortunately, because sometimes people don't know their east from their west. I would hope that a truck driver would know their east from their west. 
And so the officer didn't correct them and then write it correctly. So I'm just trying to determine where the discrepancy was because if the phone was theoretically thrown out by Williams, I believe it is, that's further down um, in my questions, were they even over there to have it thrown out there? So, so I was just, I'm, I'm Melanie, I'm going to put you down there. Um, that's something we want to work on. Cause I just want to try to figure out where they were coming and going from. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll ask my phone. Okay. So then, um, I have down here the next question. The, the other driver said that, uh, he didn't know Ryan to have any weapons, but I, I put down here that it, it sounds like it's a steak knife. Um, did Ryan get it or borrow it in the, in the store? Right. So we don't know that that's an anomaly. That's, that's a huge question of where did the knife come from? Um, let's see. Oh yeah. So here I have, it says the report says that the trip was to originate, um, in California, but the other driver said they were headed, uh, westbound to Arizona. Um, that's the confusion. Um, there is mention that um, some phone calls were, were made uh, either on Ryan's phone or on the other driver's phone. And um, in the, in the timeline, I guess, Melanie, my question is the phone, the, the calls that were potentially made to you, I think you've said that the wrong number was potentially entered, but the calls to Ryan's son, have they been verified that those calls in fact were made? No, there's not been verified. So now I did get a, a voicemail voice message from Ryan at seven. It showed on my phone at seven I believe 7.50 a.m. that morning. And um, and I I really think he and I talked that um, that afternoon because when the, as soon as the detective asked me when they called me at nine o'clock that night, he said, when was the last time you talked to Ryan? And I said, earlier today. And I said it just like, you know. Right, normal. And it was so fresh. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't say, oh, well, let's see. Uh, so, okay. uh, well, that's something we really need to, again, we're trying to verify. Uh, I hate using this story because it sounds like it's manufactured, like sometimes it can be, but we need to verify what was reported. Okay. So somehow we need to um, try to see how that was done or get any records that we would need to do to see that was done. Um, there's also a reference about that the driver said that Ryan was making statements about the dash cam recording audio. Um, would your other son know that? Is that, do we know if that's accurate or not? Uh, about their truck and their dash cam? Uh-huh. Um, he, he might know about that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna put your name on that. Just, I mean, I knew about some trucks a while back, but I don't know about, um, uh, currently. Um, okay. I've got about the phone, uh, going through Williams again, the directions are wrong. Um, what is the status of the, the phone? Nobody has found the phone or went to look for the phone. Well, I, I asked the detective uh -huh. and he told me 
that there was no need to look for the phone either because it was all, um, it was thrown out the window. So it would be all smashed up. And then I asked him, well, the Sims card would still be working because my son told me the Sims card, it still pings off the tower. But he said, no, it, you know, it, it was all crushed. Okay. And, and I, they think, didn't I think, did mm-hmm. you, did you call the carrier? Cause I think we discussed mm-hmm. that. And they said that they can't release it. Mm-mm. They said um, law enforcement would have to do it or I'd have to get a court order. Okay. To so, get his record. so we've got that on the list. Um, again, maybe that might be something that we want to ask uh, law enforcement to requ- request. Just, I mean, they're, they're probably. I asked it. them, but they, I asked them the other, when you and I talked uh, last week and um, he said, this is what he told me. We don't get into people's lives. We just take care of what's uh, present for us not getting. I said, well, you know, I just want to know who he was talking to, because if he was that upset and he threw his phone out the window, I want to know who the last person was he was talking to that made him that angry if that happened. Wow. And he said, well, we don't get into uh, some people's lives, somebody's lives. Um we just take care of what's presented before us, basically. Well, it's kind um, of scary. Okay. All right. So, yeah. so we'll have to work on that. Yeah. Usually when you're trying to look at motive and opportunity and stuff like that, one would think that that might come into play. Um, all right. Um, I've got some other things about call records. Uh, I don't know if they verified. Uh, so, it's my understanding that that Ryan's phone went out the window and then the his partner made a phone call, which I'm assuming on his partner's phone to the the trucking company headquarters. I don't know if that was ever verified that that might be something, you know, to verify the the corroboration from the boss. That's just an open question that I have. Um, also, did they get a recorded statement from the boss? I, I don't think that they did that either. Um, and then I have some questions just generally about, um, and I think, Melanie, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast uh, when we recorded that or if it was after, but just for me, it's very suspicious about um, why did they ask about his his partner leaving the pavement? Um, and, you know, the way that they the way that they did it uh, w- might be considered a common, a common ruse or whatever you want to call it with the video cameras. But why did they even, m- my question, what's bothering me is why did they, why did they get to the point to that point? So there's a comment, I guess, later in the report that from the initial officer to the detective that says, Oh, the partner was being, um, truthful, there was no signs of deception, then, then why would you be pushing, um, pushing this theory? So again, I really would like to see the body worn camera footage so I can get a, get a sense. I like to put myself in the shoes of the officer, um, to kind of see what they're doing at what time and why. And so, um, another thing is, is, uh, when you look at the, the area and I'll, I'll, I've got the pictures up in the drive that it's very dusty and they, 
they would have seen, uh, I would assume they would have seen shoe prints and things like that, or tracks around the pavement, around the, the truck cab. And I, I'm just, I'm struggling with how that all uh, came about. And I really want to see the pictures. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, um, again, I've got a note here about very, very verifying the calls to, um, well, verifying the calls to you on the partner's cell phone. I don't think that was done. Um, do you know if the police talked to his girlfriend? No, no, they haven't. Okay. Um, no one has. All right. And then I've got about verifying the phone calls to his, um, I guess it's his son and daughter. So that would be something um, we could put in the timeline. I'm going to give that to uh, you, Melanie. Um, then I have, oh, so here's another question I had about, um, they talked about going through the trash and looking for the hair. I'd like to know what else was in the trash, right? Because anytime you have bizarre behavior, um, <laughs> Lenora's shaking her head. Uh, I mean, that's the cop in me. I'm sorry. Is thinking drugs or alcohol? Like what, what is causing it now? We know from the talks that it was completely clear. So, um, I mean, they wouldn't have known that at the time, but if, um, uh, you know, and I'm not even going to talk about crime scene or not a crime scene or whatever, but uh, I would have just liked to know what the other trash contents were. It kind of sounds like, uh, you know, Ryan was on the passenger side. I'm not really sure. Um, the next thing we've got is the driver's license issue. That was a little sketchy that uh, it was in his pocket. Uh, I think like... Identity fraud, identity theft, like what's up with that? Um, I have some questions about why did it take so long for the detective and the medical examiner to come out? Uh, Melanie, I know you mentioned to me it was around Thanksgiving, so I haven't been on call. I'm thinking Thanksgiving dinner, like I don't know. I really would like the timeline put together. Um, I have a note. Uh, why didn't they check the truck for drugs? I don't know if they searched the truck or whatever they did. Um, I've got the background on the on the uh, co- the uh, partner. Then, um, sorry, I know I've got a lot of questions here. I've got they talk about search and rescue, and we don't have a search and rescue report. Um, for instance, we got a very, in the uh, Scott Madden case, we got a very detailed uh, search and rescue report and it, it shows the whole GPS track and everything that they were tracking. Uh, I, I would wonder if they got fresh hits or how many type of hits they got because um, one of the things I'm thinking tying it into the question about, are you sure you didn't go after him? Because did the dog alert that they had to two tracks, which is a question for me. So how does this all tie in together? And then um, I have a note here. It seems like a lot of personnel for someone who wandered a short ways away. So I just, I really need to understand exactly what they did because it's just, it's not making sense to me. 
Um, and then there's a note that Detective Barr met with the troopers and the um, search and rescue who were still around two hours later. That's a little crazy uh, to me. Mm -hmm. um, photos. So we've got the photos. Um, and then it seems like I have written here the first hearing of the sheets. So the sheet seems to come up, you know, later in the report, uh, mm. which again goes to the partner saying he didn't have anything. I mean, um, in, in Melanie, I think you said you didn't look at the photos. I don't know if any of your family members have looked at the photos and that's fine. You don't have to, but I, I, I would like someone to maybe say, did he ever carry a knife like this? Like, I, again, I'm thinking it's like a steak knife, but then you hear that it has a sheath. Like, I don't know what, what kind of thing this is. So I wasn't um, picturing a steak knife because of the sheath, you know, well, right, I was but it, more of a hunting knife. Yeah. Okay. But then at first, like when you're hearing 12 inches, right. I'm thinking of a car, <laughs> a carpet knife. Right. So, yeah. So we just want to know, um, and then uh, I have an, a note here about um, poking holes in the alibi, checking for footprints. That's not that's not referenced. So so we have the the one officer saying, well, you know, I I alluded to the cameras and I questioned him again and again about are you sure you didn't go off the pavement? Like, why is that coming up? But yet. He, he didn't show any deceptive behavior. So that that's bothering me. Um, I have here other truckers around yet none are interviewed. Um, usually at the time that, I mean, it, it kind of sounds, and I don't want to be crass about this. It kind of sounds like they were out there for quite some time before that they realized for what it sounds like to me that Ryan was like right there. Like he wasn't that far away. And why wouldn't they have started talking to other truckers that were there? I, it just doesn't make sense to me. And of course, uh, I'm sure there's a way that we can research it through receipts or whatever, obviously. Well, I don't, I don't want to say obviously. Um, if we put up some posters or things like that, maybe some truckers would, you know, if they run that route and they go in there, we put it up near the showers or whatever, they might um, mm -hmm. respond right. to us. Um I want to, yeah. And then the fender bender in September, I think they said that nothing came out of that. Do you, do you know what happened with that? Fender bender in September? Uh-huh. No, no. Um, he, he had a fender bender on the truck. I think that's Lenore's shaking her head. That's what well, I, that's what the report said. Yeah. From but, it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because because that would lead me to think, does he have a problem driving the truck? Um, of course, again, as the, the officer, I'm thinking drug problem, alcohol problem, sleep problem, medical problem, like what happened in September, because that's very close in time, like was whatever happened here, was it occurring then? So we want to find out more about that. Um, I'll find out from his brother. He, his brother's a truck driver, too, and they talk every day almost okay. or every other day so he would know if, if it was it had it been something really bad they usually tell me everything so i don't know but i'll ask his brother tonight okay and then there there should be a trucking company incident report or there should be an accident 
um, report, just, just again, making sure that it is what we think it is. We just want to cross everything off the list. Um, I have some, some website links that I, that is in the, um, spreadsheet, uh, Melanie, you may not want to look at that, but, um, I think you should look at that because, um, I think, you know, if, if, if that's truly a factor, you have to understand again, we don't know what is presented. Um, there is a difference, as I mentioned, when we talked before, there's a difference between defensive wounds and there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a difference between hesitation wounds. And so I'm not saying one thing or another thing or whatever, as I mentioned in the very beginning, uh, to have hesitation wounds, which is what they're described as. And there's quite a few of them. Um, we, we need to come up with an answer that we're satisfied as to why, why we're seeing that. Um, when we look at the pictures are, you know, does it look like a hesitation wound? You know, I'm not an expert in that. Okay. But okay. we can get, re- well, I will make sure I get to, I'm going to get to those pictures. Um, Right. And, and, uh, and, and upload them. don't look at them until you're ready to look at them or whatever. But I think that that is something, unfortunately, that you need to be satisfied of because you have a question about that. And it's not it's not pretty, but, you know, we can always get a second opinion. We can get a, another forensic person to, to look at that. OK, um, I, would, I would like that. I mean, just from hearing just from hearing you say that you know, I would like to do that. I would like to get another forensic person to look at it. Okay. And, and there's just, there's some psychological reasons, like there's all kinds of things behind it. Um, so we just don't know, like I said, we're not going to rule anything out. Um, I have a note here about um, the boss is a little different in the story than um, Lenora. I don't know if you picked up on that, then a little different in the story than the partner. Um said I, I didn't write it down exactly but it's just that was page page eight um it just seemed a little different um I it, have it seems like he wasn't very helpful like to the case the case he wasn't there's that, just, maybe there's something there that he's not willing to reveal or didn't want to be involved I'm not sure but that was my feeling yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's just interesting and something I was talking to to um Melanie about before is that for them, I mean, just the whole thing is a little bit weird that they were coming, you know, the direction mismatch, the four days, no sleep, the, uh, you know, these, these extreme issues supposedly that, that, that Ryan was exhibiting, but yet nothing was done, but it seemed like it was going on for a long time. And then they're supposed to stay there. Um, you know, nobody called 911 or nobody suggested him going to the ER or anything like that. But then then all of a sudden there's a replacement truck coming. I, I mean, it's, we just, we just need to, answer all the questions. Um, uh, I have something about the nature of the trip, like what route were they on? Um, I have a question here. I said, why did the driver, the other driver wait to call if Ryan had been up for four days straight? I mean, if, if, if to me, if, I mean, even if it was a police partner or whatever, and we're going out and my partner appears completely exhausted and then says, I haven't slept for four days. And then they start acting like a crazy person. I'm going to call my supervisor. I'm going to say, I'm not working with you. 
exactly. And we don't have any notice of that. So it's just a little strange. Um, and then, so, so here's, here's my, my weirdness and Melanie, you might not like this, but, um, this came to me. So the other driver, mm-hmm. cut that out. the other driver, um, talked about, um, Ryan not leaving with anything, right? This, this big old knife, um, is not there and he knew him to have nothing. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so with the sheath, he didn't go get it in the, in the store, we would assume. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so then my question, aside from the hesitation marks are with the jewelry missing, could it have been another trucker? That came across his body in the woods and took it off of him? No. Or are you saying because someone waited almost two hours before they called the dispatch to say he's missing, they had time to take it off of him? No, I'm thinking, could he have been acting irrationally and gotten in a fight with another trucker and the other trucker stabbed him? You know, that's, that's something to, I've thought about, I'm telling you, I've thought about everything. Um, the hesitation marks, you know, I, I, I don't know, but uh, I was just like, okay, he didn't have a knife. Maybe he got it in the store, but then he's wandering around. It sounds like he was wandering around for quite a long time. And if he was acting, you know, like, did he walk up on a truck and say, you're, you're spying on me or like, who, who knows? Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's a possibility. And then when you look at that possibility and then you say they didn't talk to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. That's that's a problem. Where's the jewelry? So uh, it's, I, I don't know, just popped in my head. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. Um, then, uh, I've got a note here that the search was completed at, um, 1521. Again, we need the timeline because they were out there, um, so long. Then there's a mention, um, something about, um, in the CAD report, which is the dispatch entries. It talks about that there were several returns for Ryan's name, um, which kind of made me think about had he called the police before or why would he be listed uh, if it was the same person in the Coconino records? Like, I, I don't understand what that's saying to me. That's kind of what I inferred from that. So um, several returns. What does that mean? Return. Um, I'll have to look on the cab, but it, it, it sounded like they were saying that there were several, Ryan Lee's. It says right oh, here. Okay. It says uh 153108. Um several returns for Lee Ryan in on call with no alerts. Huh? Um so oh. I'm assuming that they've got something in the database like I don't know if it's a name match or what it is. So I just again would like that answered. Um so it says that the search was completed at 1521, which is 321. 
Um, and then I have a note here that says checked everywhere, but north of the parking lot until the chopper arrived at 1728. So that's uh, two, uh, two, two hours again, right? Everybody's standing around. Um, and then this was really strange. They referenced rigor. And Lenore's shaking her head. Yeah. Um, and I, I put a link here. Um, rigor doesn't usually come on that fast. And, and Melanie, hmm. I know you've taken some training, but that. Um, hmm. And then the rigor, the, and this is, I, this, I don't even want to talk about this, but um, the breaking of rigor, like at the autopsy and stuff, like that's not referenced. So then I'm thinking to myself, well, was there rigor or was there not rigor? Like what, what, that's a huge indicator. Um, so but we, are you trying to say, Christine, his body had been dead longer than what they're saying, what they're reporting? That's what I'm thinking. I mean, Mm, mm -hmm. you can google that i i've got a link but there's i think the link that i looked at said maybe two to three hours but i'm thinking it's more like 12 from you know it's been a long, a long time since i've been schooled on that but that was odd to me so then i have a note um what time was the autopsy done because so if they didn't do the autopsy for a couple days, the, the rigor would have dissipated. Um, I didn't see anything necessarily mentioning lividity, which would have been important. Um, again, we don't have a lot of um, reports like I would be used to seeing. So um, then I have a note about the direction of the superficial wounds. Um, you know, what did they look like? Um, uh, I have a note about tracking in the truck because those trucks are always monitored, um, you know, like I mentioned way back when they were. Uh, so I'm mm -hmm. sure it's it's worse now um, or better now. Um, and then the description of, so again, I'm thinking of it as a, a steak knife. I have that written down. And it talks about uh, the wound or the, the, the way the knife went in was near vertical. And I don't mm -hmm. remember if he was um, right or left-handed, but it, it looks right. like he would have been right-handed and, and um, stabbed um, close to his rib cage or close to his sternum. Um, but it talks about it being um, near vertical. And I don't have a steak knife in front of me, but I was trying to picture in order to get that position with a handle the way I'm picturing it, obviously in my mind, I haven't seen Lenore mm -hmm. and I are <laughs> making the motion here it, with our pens, yeah. to get it straight up and down. You'd almost have to put it. I'm, I'm putting my thumb towards my chest instead of the, the heel of my hand toward, to get it to go straight up. Um, again, we don't know what the knife looked like or whatever. So we'll have to look at that, but, but, um, because you can tell with the hilt of the knife and the way that the knife goes, how the knife would mm -hmm. have been theoretically held. So that's a question. Um, and it sounds like it would have been kind of upside down, but 
Um, and then I just noticed, I don't know if it was just a scanning issue. It seems like we're missing page four of the autopsy. And um, again, he had no drugs in his system. And uh, I have the timeline. So, <laughs> so those are all my, I know I have, those are quite a few, quite a few questions. Um, I don't know, Lenora, do, do you have anything necessarily that I haven't covered? Or I, I, I think there was just mentioned at the end of the police report that someone, I, I can't say the name, called in and wanted to talk to the police. And then they called back and it went to voicemail. And it doesn't look like that was ever followed up. Yeah, I think that was, I think, Melanie, is that um, mm -hmm. his brother, Ryan's brother? Yeah. Yeah. And did they ever speak to him? No. And what uh, my son said was that they had let the other um, driver go. And my son told them, no, you need to call him and tell him to turn around and come back. But so your son I, I, didn't don't, I don't know. But your son spoke no. to them or he didn't speak to them? He spoke to the dispatch supervisor okay. and told him to, you know, you, you need to bring him back. Yeah, because the report doesn't mention clearing, clearing or when he was let go or anything like that. So, <sighs> well, and why, why would he, well, I get, I mean, did they transfer the load because wasn't, weren't they bringing another driver? They were bringing another cab, right? To pick up the load. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. So we've, so we've got a lot of questions. I think at this point, um, until we kind of get a good idea of what we think happened or what went on, we don't want to necessarily reach out to the police department yet. Um, maybe, okay. and, and Melanie, you know, we can talk about, I would hope they would preserve the body worn camera and the knife. Hmm. But I want to look at, let's discuss that in our next bullpen session. I want to look at the pictures and, and, and um, if you can work on the timeline between, okay. between yeah. now and then. And okay. Okay. Just a lot of, I can do that because I got my son, he and I've been talking about it too. And he was, uh, I told him to jot down everything because he's a trucker. I said, you know, what looks right and what doesn't, you know, look right according to a trucker. Mm -hmm. So he he did that for me, and um, he was supposed to send it to me this morning, but he's actually on the road. He worked on it. He's been working on it all week. Okay. So well, we can I'm look get at that it to you soon. next time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and the photos you have the photos in. Um... I have them right here. They're on a disc. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So well, be careful when you when you load those or however, have someone else load them because some, you know, sometimes they open up or whatever happens with that. You don't want to have anything inadvertent unless you're prepared for that. But, um, oh, okay. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Like prepared. if you load it, sometimes the folder opens to view the files and then, I mean, who, who knows, hopefully that won't happen, but maybe, um, somebody else. I'm just going to send it to you. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I'm going to let my husband do it. He'll send it to you. Okay. Um, so do we have any other, any other questions at this point? Um, I just, maybe I'll just tell you this and we can talk about it later. But when I was going through his thing, 
he was also missing his Nintendo. He had a Nintendo key, which is my son told me it's a game. It was missing. And this is going to sound very strange. I know, but I was going to I know where you're going. And there was no, you know what? <laughs> no um, knickers. There were no knickers. And briefs. I, that was, yeah, briefs. Highly unusual. So I um, called his girlfriend and I said, you know, I said, this is so strange. I said, you know, he was, Ryan was a big guy. I said, now I was washing his clothes and I noticed there were no knickers, no briefs. And so I said, who, who in the world would want that? I said, and where his size? And she said, the other guy, the other driver. I said, was the same size as Ryan? And she said, yes, he, he just wasn't as tall. And she said, did you find a, a brand new box of, of briefs? And I said, in there, she said, I gave it to him right before he left on Monday. It was a brand new box. It had six in a box. And she said it was his favorite kind. And I said, no, nothing. And she said, I said, well, who would want those? And she said, the other driver. Yeah, so that's. that's I, I didn't know he was the same size as Ryan. Well, that's just, that's just really weird. And then I weird. thought I remember something in the, um, well, you know, I mean, I don't know, whatever, but. Um, you think he had time to go through Ryan's stuff? Because there was well, no was Nintendo, huh? <laughs> well, I was going to say, it depends on, did he know that, that, that Ryan was deceased, well, then, yeah, he would have had, you know, like, I mean, if we're talking about rigor and time of death or whatever, I mean, that's another thing. I don't know. I'll have to look at the autopsy again, but usually they do some type of body temperature to determine the, the time of death. I don't know how they arrived at that, but yeah, if he found him deceased and then decided to go through his stuff and um, uh, appropriate, appropriate some of it to himself before he made the call that could have happened. I thought I remembered something in here that, that they mentioned that Ryan had a Nintendo or some type of video video game that was present or something. Nope. Nothing. I got nothing. All right. Just write down the questions, right? Just, we want to keep all these questions and we're just going to keep going and going and going until we get them answered. And sometimes, you know, no question is stupid. Um, We just don't know. So, uh, I'll schedule, I'll schedule the next bullpen session and we'll just keep working on it. And if you have any questions in the meantime, you know, feel free to email or whatever. And, um, you know, thanks Lenora and thanks Melanie and, uh, everybody, everybody who's, who's listening, uh, eventually this will be out on the podcast. And if you have any questions, uh, you know, write them down and join us, follow the Facebook page and uh, register at the website so you can get notified and join us the next time and, you know, help us help solve the case. So until next time, everybody have a, have a wonderful evening and, and we will talk to you soon. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for Thank you. Me.